Empire. Triple Play Fantasy's basketball show with Doc, Coach, and Brass Dadamas starts now. This is the Triple Play Fantasy Basketball Show, a new member of Empire Media. That's Empire with an A. Of course, we're giving the A content in sports, especially when it comes to NBA hoops. We missed a lot, including a trade deadline. But instead, we will move onward and fresh off a of spring break. Your host, Coach Jay Lewis, was stationed like 80 and Bam and Disney, living the best of the ins and outs of the bubble that exists there. I am joined by some handsome, talented individuals, including the hype, the voice, the commissioner, Eric, the Dr. Mendelson, E. Mindy. How are you? It's been some time since we talked behind a microphone. Tell me something good. Hey, man. I wish I was taking the vacation that you were. You were plugged out for like a solid two weeks traveling the world. I'm just glad I got called handsome by you. How you doing, man? I'm doing just fine. I made sure you went first last time. We had a complaint in that department. <laughs> also, we're joined by the man of many hats for trip play, and that's none other than Bradley Kilgore. Tell us something you're cooking up for the team. Just so much to keep up these days. How goes it? Yeah, man. Me and uh, Johnny Fussball from the, the football podcast, we're going to be doing a movie review for the four-hour feature film Justice League. The Snyder cut. So I'm excited to see how that goes. All right, I won't want to hop in on that one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Grab your coffee. Let us know if it's worth four hours of our lives. It's gonna be it's gonna be a four hour movie and like a five minute review. So we'll we'll really <laughs> we'll really get the good stuff. Oh man. The grind. That's what makes us strong here. Also, I'm joined by my teammate of Coach's Corner of our triple play fantasy YouTube channel, California's own and proud, sometimes angered. Sacramento Kings fan, Coach <laughs> Kevin Coleman. Welcome, buddy. Hey, nice to see you guys again. Yeah, my, my, my Kings have been doing all right, though. Like, you gotta, they've, been playing, they've been playing okay. Like, they still yeah, have coached lost, by. They've lost five in a row. Don't say that. They do but that. They're, they're building. They're I building. Don't, I don't judge my Kings by wins and losses, Eric. I judge them by just how are they playing. But we're still coached <laughs> by the worst damn coach in the NBA. So I don't want to talk about it. Hey. He's cool, I Kings based on if they get over 28 wins because some of them <laughs> over this year, okay? Where they at now? Uh they're, they're like right on track for 28. It's gonna be a it's gonna be a uh, head okay. All right. You're at 17-ish, somewhere around there. Oh no, 22. Let, let Between... me tell you, when they lost to the home at Pistons the other night, that was a very deflating one without hey, Jerry Pistons, Grant. Up and coming, baby. You gotta be hey, honestly, man. <laughs> they're Between, 22 Between... and 30 right now. Between Halliburton and uh, and Fox, they're gonna have like one of the best young backcourts in the league. So I, they really just got to get a big. I'm not too worried about the Kings, to be honest. Yeah, and it makes that Bogdanovich walking uh, not not feel bad because you got a better yeah. guy in place for the future. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, it, well, it still reminds me of the Wiz kids. I mean, we we roll a little bit. We had a great win against the Warriors last night that are fighting for that ten seed, and then they're, they're gonna make whoop. the playoffs. Don't worry about the Wiz. They're coming. <laughs> They're coming. They'll have a losing record coming into that. They, they will, but they will, but they'll be there. <laughs> I think. I think that win total is nineteen right now. Currently, get to the dance. 
<laughs> in today's show, we banter on subjects such as the current NBA basketball landscape, college basketball championship opinions. Talk about this top 10 players under 25 list, which should get a little spicy. And we wrap our thoughts on some fantasy basketball playoff implications. We're also going to talk, as always, our performances of the week and free agency pickup waiver wire pickups. But first, a little news and notes. NBA got two of its biggest stars back in Joel Embiid and Kevin Durant. Both teams battling for first place in the East. Who are you most excited about being back? And who is it more important for their team landing that number one seed in the East? We're going to start with Doc on this one. So I'm more excited to see KD back just because I think he's so efficient. Like he missed 25 games and shot 51% five of- from the from the field. That is yeah. efficiency at a yeah. high level. Shot five for five in his return. Like <laughs> he didn't he didn't miss a beat. But to answer your question, I think the 76ers need the number one seed more. They're 20 and five at home, 15 and 12 on the road. They really are banking on that home court advantage. And right now they've dropped to the number two seed in the East. They're a full game behind the Brooklyn Nets. And I think it's going to be really tough to catch up to them now that they hopefully have a full squad in like seven days when Harden should return. Brad? Yeah, I was more excited to see KD, and I think KD is also more important. I don't really see a path for the Sixers to get that that first that first seed in the East just because the, the Nets are so loaded. But the reason I wanted to see KD back is because I think KD, Harden, and Kyrie all need to have, like, I don't know, at least like 10 to 20 games. They need to be battle-tested coming into the playoffs when they're all healthy because, I mean, we've seen with super teams in the past, you can't just, like, the talent – itself isn't good enough to power you to to win a championship you have to go through trials and tribulations you have to know you know who's going to have the ball at the end you know how are people going to react when you take the last shot all that kind of stuff matters and it's a part of the process and if they don't have you know a nice streak of games where they can they can really just mesh together all three of them i I really can't see them winning the championship even though i know it looks like they're they're shoeins yeah, and I think that's a good point um, about them trying to get a couple games together. Uh, they haven't played enough, and you kind of want to see them in a, in a battle-tested environment in the fourth quarter and kind of figure out those kinks. Um, all great teams need to kind of go through that experience. And we saw the Clippers last year, maybe the most talented roster in yeah, basketball, exactly. only play, I think, 18 games together with yep. their with their top two guys. And and we saw in the playoffs how that kind of – how that cookie crumbled. That Miami Heat team played a full season together, and they they still needed all the reps they could get just to win a championship. Hey, so. they also got shut down by JJ Barea. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> exactly. Man, Miami, and they were all sticking together through the whole uh, COVID thing, and that really that really helped them out uh, in the long run. Kev, what's your take on this one? Yeah, you know what? If we stop, we gotta stop giving the Kevin Durant all this credit. He's got like seven All Stars in that team. He's got all these guys <laughs> out here. Like, listen, Embiid is more important because the Sixers need that one seed. If they don't get that one seed, they're gonna be screwed. Because I think that one seed is really important in the East, so they don't have to go through the Bucks and the Heat and the Celtics, right? Like, they gotta try in two two games in a row, two series in a row. Whoever gets that one seed basically has one series, which will be the Eastern Conference Finals. That's kind of what it's going to be. So I think Embiid is important. I like Brad said though. I don't see the Nets not getting that one seed. They they're they're just they're a super team and they're a legit team that just they they play really well together. Kyrie, for as much as I don't like Kyrie, he's he's playing well right now uh, and he and he he looks good. 
and he moving off the ball with Harden, those guys, like I don't see any other team winning unless there's an injury. I think that's the team that we have to talk about. But Ky- go ahead. Ky- Kyrie is like slowly moving into like most underrated player in the league territory. And he gets oh a lot my. of love. No, he gets a no. lot of love. Stop it. I don't <laughs> think you guys are recognizing like we are watching one of the smoothest offensive games I've ever seen in my life. Like this dude. At least for a guard, like this dude is, and he's, but an underrated guy, can, an underrated guy would be one that we're not even talking about on this show. But that's what I'm saying. Like when I say underrated, I mean like he. We talk about him a lot, but it's mostly negative. And when we do talk about him, when we do give him props, is it's normally not enough. Like it's off of like a forty point game, and we're like, ah, Kyrie had forty. Like it's Kyrie is just he's incredible. Like I, I just don't think he's getting enough respect. I'm giving him props for listening to Mozart. He has so Johann, many fans. And Johann Seb- Sebastian Bach. There he, you get, go. he gets love, but he, I mean, he is the third best player on, on his team. And it's just rare because this is probably the most talented, you know, big three we've ever seen. But, um, but some nights he doesn't even look like the third best player. Some nights he looks like the oh, best. Oh, yeah, player. the best. Yeah, no, for sure. And that's no, and that's saying a lot with KD and Harden on your team. Like, that's not. That's what I'm talking about. Like that's he deserves a little bit of a little bit of shine, man. Hot, hot, hot Kyrie is like one of the best uh, visual things that we see. Exactly. Period. Um, uh, for me, it's Embiid. Uh, he was playing MVP. He was the top of the MVP ladder when uh, before he got injured. And uh, Kevin Durant, although he's probably the second best player on planet Earth, uh, that team was still rolling. I think they won like 22 of like 25 games without him. Um, it'll be a fight to the finish. I mean, if Philly doesn't lose to the Pels last night, that they're they're dead even in that race. And you definitely, definitely want that one seed because you don't want that second round matchup. Right now, it's uh, the Bucks in Miami in the sixth seed, and that's going to be a hell of a first round pick if we if we can um, run that back. And you you don't want to play that in the second round. I mean, I like both teams to advance on, but you kind of don't want that battle. You want to you want to play whoever the four or five seeds are. So moving on to a little college hoops, Baylor cut down the nets to win its first championship versus undefeated Gonzaga. Yeah, production value. Yeah, we're we're adding things here in Triple A. We're adding <laughs> we're adding some gra- some graphics. Um, it, it was basically a blowout with the top two college teams. What surprised you the most? Could it could? And this is for the entire tournament. Um, this could be a a player, uh, the tournament in general, or a team. Kevin. Yeah, you know, I was going through this. I think that just – I miss basketball a lot. I love the Final Four. I think what surprised me the most is just how dominant Baylor looked and how strong they were. I know me and Coach Lewis talked about it when we were doing Coach's Corner. I said there's no way Gonzaga's winning tonight. The, the, Baylor was just too strong and dominant. And, and, I, I was conven- and I was convinced that Gonzaga was their season. They had they had a, um, had a game under 10 points uh, besides the UCLA thing, and I just thought they were just – the, the the team that had everything put together, they moved the ball the best. But um, Kev, Kevin was right; they they bullied their their way to a championship. Yeah, and I mean anybody that has the the when did. you're looking at Gonzaga and those things that are there, anybody that has handlebar mustache just deserves to get punched in the face. So I was glad Baylor did it. Like I, 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 I call him out by name, Kev. I, I, I don't even name. I don't even want to know his name. But we don't, no, no, we don't, we don't subtweet. We don't we don't subtweet here. Yeah, that, that guy that guy drives me nuts. You know, he got clued. So when you're looking at this and you're talking about like kind of what <laughs> Baylor was, how strong he was and everything there, um, I just loved how dominant they are. The question that I had with a lot of my buddies that love basketball, is that the most dominant 
college team that we've seen the last 10 years. I would say Kentucky's probably pretty close with Anthony Davis, but yeah. they're, they looked great. And so that was a lot of fun. I was glad I was happy for Baylor. Yeah. Good I'll take you, David. I'll, I'll take that Kentucky team um, all day just because of the, the superstar aspect of Anthony Davis and how he just completely dominated the defensive yeah. end. Um, and they had uh, D book too. Uh, Doc, what, what, what was your takeaways from the tourney? So I had a couple. One, we didn't have a buzzer beater until the Gonzaga-UCLA game, hey. which I, besides the UNC-Nova game, can you think of a better one in recent memory? I really couldn't. So that that was my first takeaway. And the second was the Big Ten did awful. Besides, yeah. besides Michigan, like all the other teams, Purdue, Maryland, Ohio State, Michigan hey, Maryland State. had an upset win. Yeah, okay. they did better than I thought they'd do. Maryland. Did. Okay, yeah. true, but they looked awful against Alabama, and they I think sure it's did. just, I think it just kind of epitomized the the landscape of college basketball this year, where you were seeing a lot more small and mid conference major teams doing really well. Um, or the SEC, the SEC, SEC ran away with this tournament. They were unbelievable, yeah. and everybody thinks it's Kentucky or in bust, but they, Kentucky didn't even make the tournament. And, 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 and what's crazy, too, is like Duke, Kentucky, the normal powerhouses didn't make it. UNC lost in the first round. Like Michigan it was a bunch, State lost. Yeah, Michigan State. It was a bunch of new teams competing for it. And, and as a college hoops fan, I really like seeing new teams year in, year out, having a chance to win it all. Brad? For me, it, it's kind of along the lines of what Doc was saying. I, I was my biggest takeaway was I was shocked at how much better the women's tournament was than the men's this year. Like women's all the games, good. yeah, all the games were closer, and the ones that were blowouts, like we were watching stars, like you know the Paige Beckers, the Zaya Cooks, the you know the the kid on the kid on Iowa. Like the women's tournament was just so much better, a lot closer games, a lot more stars. Sometimes I was watching the men's games and I was like, I don't think they have I better see, stories too. Better stories, yeah, little. better stories. And and I, I was watching the men's games and I was like, I don't think I see a single pro like NBA player on this court in a lot of games. And I I can't imagine a tournament where it's been like that where I just didn't see any NBA talent. So uh, to me, the women's game has come a long way, and it was it was a great watch. Yeah. Uh, the page backers is just so breathtaking and amazing. Mm-hmm. And to it's, win, to be freshman AP player of the year and put yourself in the name of like six other players, both men and women's ever all time. Um, she's just so cold. Her, they got to change that rule, man. They got to change that rule. She should be in the WNBA right now. Like she should be able to leave. Uh, yeah, there is something about like that women's glory and like Maya Moore and all the players that came That's before true. her to yeah, Rossi yeah. and kind yeah. of building your legacy uh, against that. I'm, plus, I'm not, I'm not with free labor, man. She, she, she needs to go get paid. I was, as he floods coming in next year too. Yep, and, um, she's, she's even Give better. Lou Samuelson some love. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I will say though, the reason I think the reason why there's better stories in girls basketball is because they're there longer. So that is also like you kind yeah. of, yeah. College, but I you mean, get that. I pa- get it. Paige Becker, I mean, Paige Beckers was the story of the tournament. She's a freshman, you know. Yeah. So it's, I, I think, I think the cream always rises to the top. I think you're right about the stories, and you know, you got those four year stars and those those three year stars, and that doesn't really happen in the the men's game. But 
if it comes to you know us getting stories or people getting paid i'd like to see people get paid well in in, in arizona their head coach uh breastfeeding at halftime uh, yeah yeah they, they they match up against stanford for the third time and they they completely shut them down in that last that two minutes and then the final play was she's just flicking, she's flicking people off and they, they're getting <laughs> oh, it on camera man, man. That was, it was just a great tournament Shout out imagine, basketball. Can you imagine you're trying to come up with a game plan and a baby? You're just breastfeeding a baby, and you're just I like, know. all right, all right, are we running zoner man to start the second half? Hey, Steve, you guys, Steve doesn't have to worry about that. You guys want to hear a story real quick? When I was coaching, I had to watch my daughter. She was at my wife was at work, and I actually I brought her, and one of the parents said she was going to watch my daughter. She was two at the time. My daughter did not want anything to do with her, so I had to get one of those things <laughs> that you wear. I brought it. And I had to wear my baby during a varsity basketball game. And I we won. It. And she sat with me. When <laughs> we won the game, I coached up and down with her on my chest because there was nothing else I could do. And the I'm coach gonna need came, those pictures. And the coach came up to me. He's like, I can't believe I just lost this fucking baby. And I just <laughs> I got, like, I'm sorry. This is just how it went. I, you I know what? You, you should have done that every game. You were undefeated. Wearing I know. It's time. a good luck charm, man. Oh, she was quiet man. the whole time. She actually fell asleep while I was coaching a varsity basketball game. But that's a true story. It happened. Um, I had to do it, so I, I feel for her out there breastfeeding. I didn't have to breastfeed, but I was yeah. I was rolling with her out there. <laughs> and your and your daughter is one and zero as an assistant coach. Yep. Yes. Yep. That's, wow. Those are those Luke Walton numbers, man. That's how she gets a job. Uh, that, is a, <laughs> that is a wonderful story. And uh, for me, the takeaway from the tournament it was UCLA. Um, they're they beat Michigan State, Alabama, Michigan, which was a powerhouse. A lot of people picked them to win it all. And and almost taking down Gonzaga if it weren't for a Jalen Suggs, you know, miracle half court buzzer beater. First, last four in to make the final four. You talk about a team getting hot at the right moment. Look no further than Mick Cronin led and Johnny Juzang, as uh, Brad mentioned, the Bruins with their first final four since 2008 with K-Love and Russell Westbrook, which no one really expected. And, of course, they have probably the strongest pedigree when it comes to college basketball, definitely championships concerned. So they made a great run and they were hot at the right time. So that's, that was my most impressive. And I didn't, no one really, no one expected that to beat Alabama and then to go and beat Michigan. I mean, well, all right. So we'll move on to some NBA notes. Uh, ben McLemore was signed by the Lakers for the last roster spot. Does this matter at all? Can it work? And does it make the Lakers better Brad? You know, I think it's a really interesting signing. I, I kind of liken it a lot to, the Trevor Ariza signing with the Heat. Um, ben McLemore, the last couple of years, has had like a really nice role playing job for like Houston, where he's essentially like a three and D guy with that provides a lot of energy. I see no reason why he can't do that for the Lakers. Um, he should definitely have a job. I, I know he can be looked at as a bust because he was such a high draft pick, but there's a reason he's still in the league, and it's because he can shoot. And he can play defense, and he provides a lot of energy. So, I honestly, I, I like the signing for the Lakers. I could see him getting some real, real playoff minutes. Kevin, well, yeah, I'm the wrong person to ask about Ben McLemore. Uh, yeah. Just, just, <laughs> just, just seeing him Kings in that graphic. In that graphic makes me sick to my stomach. Um, <laughs> I, I would say he's whatever. I think he'll he's a nice filler. But the Lakers, if they don't have LeBron or AD, they're not going to win anyway. So, oh yeah, yeah, that's true. Really, those two guys got to come back in and if they can fit around them. But I worry about the fit. This is kind of a new team. They haven't really played together very well. I think it is helping the Lakers if they can continue to win and stay in that. In that they're building chemistry and working well together if they get LeBron back and AD back. Um, I don't – McElmore is whatever to me. I think he has a lot of talent, and I just don't think he ever could put it together. And so that's kind of one of those 
It's because he went to the Kings. Yeah, we ruin a lot of people. Uh, I will be honest. We definitely do ruin a lot of people. But it's always it's always the organization. It's never the player. Yeah, always, always, of course. Uh, but I will say, you know, he can shoot. And if he can get hot, maybe he'll be one of those guys that can get in there, hit some shots in the playoffs. But other than that, not too much. Doc? Yeah, I mean, I think they both kind of said it. You know, the Lakers aren't going to win anything unless they have Anthony Davis and LeBron. Ben McLemore, I think, is a good compliment at this time. And he, he has shown some upside. He's a good shooter. I definitely think he's a spark off the bench, but I'm not too excited about him at this point. LeBron is, though. 2013 LeBron or 2011 LeBron is, like, shitting his pants right now. <laughs> and um, I first I got to give him a shout-out. He's a DeMatha product, and his game yep. is so very smooth. And, yeah, he has not lived up to his talent level. Um, it's I feel like – it's easiest to plug in a shooter when you're plugging in new parts to a team. I think the chemistry with Drummond mm-hmm. is going to be more of a, a difficult thing to balance. Um, this is not a game change at all. Um, he, he, he'll he have a couple games where he gets hot and maybe when you like one playoff game, if he makes like, you know, That's six threes, changer. but you know, that could tilt a series. Yeah. And we saw, you know, J.R. Smith in the bubble, maybe have like one play, playoff game where it, it actually worked out. So, I don't mind that spot going to him, but yeah, the the future of the Lakers all depend on AD in the King. But they'll be back. I think I think uh, LeBron just had like an Instagram post or something like that. Oh like yeah, one of those, one of those pre- corny preview. Little, preview yeah. is coming up later. Preview. It's in <laughs> okay, my it's in go. my notes coming in later. Th- <laughs> thunderstorms coming. Um, fantasy ads for this week. Which players are the top available players? Who do you have your eyes and trending in the right direction, Doc? So you're on mute. You're on mute, sir. That was about to be a bad take anyway. It was, yeah, that's why the, the microphone takes over. Look at him. It's terrible. It's a terrible take. He's got he's got Dwight Howard and Joel and B just came back. <laughs> I missed my mic. I was gonna say I saw you picked up Kelly Olinick and he's getting time with the Rockets, but I won't give him any positive uh uh shout outs. For me, it's Malachi Flynn and Kyle Lowry and, and Fred Van Fleet are out. He's getting a lot of minutes. He's played over four, over 30 the last four games. He's dropped 16, 16, 11, and 9. He's gotten between three to eight rebounds, four to eight assists, averaging three steals during those four games, and even a block. So I think when you get to this point in the season and, you know, some people like the Thunder, Reston Al Horford, other players are injured. You got to go with players that are getting playing time now. And Mal- Malachi Flynn is racking up the minutes. Also, D- shout out, shout out to Brad's boy Bobby Portis, or I think it's Kevin's boy. You, actually. you stole mine. You got it. You got for the daily fantasy heads. They play the next three three days, and I think uh, Kyle Lowry be, will be out of the lineup in those next next three games. Get him for the low. Um, after that, after Lowry comes back, you know you, you might. He's not for the low anymore. Up, they moved his price up. Well. Uh, I, that's a great take, Doc, because uh, he is certainly rolling um, after having a, a hot uh, run in the G League. Brad, who you got? Uh, you guys ready for this? Buckled up. Strap up. Alexi Pokusevsky. There you go. I don't know if I said it right. I'm Pochef- not like I did. Pochefsky, I think it is. All right, that sounds even better. This is a guy that's getting about 30 minutes a game. His last games, he's had 10, 25, 19, 8, and 20 with 6, 9, 4, 2, and 5 boards. He gets a couple blocks. He gets some steals, gets a few assists. 
He's on that Thunder team that's rebuilding. He's got it. I saw Coach over there. He's got that wet J. He's just a really good player. Um, and he's only rostered in about 20% of leagues, which is kind of strange. So I, I think he's an easy pickup for you guys. He's a seven-foot guard. Seven-foot guard. <laughs> KD, KD has birthed like an entire wave of just like guards who are just seven-footers who never wanted to play in the paint. And I love it. <laughs> Yeah, and um, I'm gonna I'm gonna do mine because it kind of piggybacks off here, and that is the OKC rookies. And mine is Teo Meladon. He's yeah. from oh, France. Who you, dro- who you just dropped in our league? Your pickup. Yeah, because <laughs> you, yeah, you have, you have like three like bench that. players in this league. Like he's in my other oh, league. And he's killing. There's like three bench players in that league. But anyways, um, I could pick him back up next week. Uh, the last two weeks, he's averaging 17.5, to pick him five up right and now. three, and two three-pointers made. I, well, I used it to pick up Kyle Lowry. So, I mean, I'm not mad. Um, he, he had a 33, a 25, and a 22-point outing contributing in other areas. Field goal percentage and sales would kill you. Um, but he needs to be rostered because he's their starting point guard. He plays over 30 a game, and um, he contributes in points, rebounds, and assists. So um, my guy is Teo. Melodon. <laughs> Kevin, I would ask you to to name some of these guys. I know how you do so well at uh, last names and first names, but who you got uh, as far as your fantasy pickup this week? You know, that was an unnecessary shot there. I, I would say <laughs> it was unnecessary. I was going to get uh, Alexei, uh, what, what Brad was talking about, because I had talked about him on the very first podcast. I even came on with you guys. I really yep, liked him. He's did. on my... He's on my taxi squad. He's still hanging out out there. But I'm going to go with my talk badly about me on that podcast. Uh, No, I didn't do that. Uh, I would say um, (laughs) Mo Bamba. Mo Bamba is my guy right now. You know, he's 13% rostered in a lot of leagues. They just waived Kim Birch, so he's going to get there. He had 25 minutes the other night. Uh, You know, his per-minute production is 15, 7, and 1 blocks. So I don't mind it. I love my boy Mo Bamba. They just, you know, they got rid of – Vujicic there, I think they're moving on to try to like, and Wendell Carter actually allows him to kind of play that role, that stretch four-ish and five in there. So I like Mamba. I I think that he has a chance. And so I'm excited for him. Before we go to to our next segment, what basketball players have songs after them? There's Mo Bamba, there's Tyler Hero, and then there's Do the John Wall. Can you guys think of any other ones? King James. There's like a new LeBron James song. I haven't heard that, and I don't intend to. Sure. I'm sure (laughs) there's got to be. Armenian Armenian rapper. Kills it. It's actually good. It was on ESPN. There's got to be a song about Allen Iverson or Kobe somewhere out there. Yeah, White White Iverson. White Iverson. There you go. Post Malone's first big song. Okay. Okay. Well, I'll tell you, nobody's nobody's draft stock has been better helped than Mo Bamba. Yeah. He, he became famous that year. That was crazy. These, he's an, these he's an random, interesting guy. These random people, I swear I'd be at, at parties and people would be like, yo, who's this Mo Bamba guy? Like, yeah. they, they wouldn't even know he was a basketball player, but they would just know his name. Oh, all the kids all the kids love it. It's terrible lyrics. Um, but he had an 18 and 11 game, so I got my I got my eyes on him, too. Just, I don't trust him, man. Mo he Bamba can't, scares me. They still don't play him more than, like, 20, 22 exactly. game, minutes a game. He gets trouble. Mixed. Makes no sense, but he did back. He does back up Wendell Carter Jr. right now, and he has he did play some minutes with him last night. So he's definitely huge on the watch list, especially your categories league because he gets uh, he's so productive in blocks. That's a good point. If you like what you hear so far, make sure you never miss a show by clicking subscribe button wherever you find your podcasts. Triple Play Fantasy is giving you heat. 
like Jimmy Butler in game five of the NBA finals. And it's not just hoops. Our fantasy baseball and football show is a must listen every week. Check us out available wherever you get your podcasts. If you're enjoying the content, how about dishing out an assist like Russell Westbrook chasing James Harden for the NBA lead by giving us a five-star rating and review much appreciated. You mean Russell Westbrook is chasing stats? Check us out on Twitter and IG at Trip Play Fantasy. Eric and Brad run our social media and provide daily questions. Our weekly episode drops as well as spot interviews. The football guys are going insane with guests and may have the biggest name to come on yet. RB1 Austin Eckler coming on very soon. Stay tuned. Big moves are being made. Just want to say thanks from the entire Triple Play Fantasy family for your listens each and every week. Time for a little NBA catch-up. We have a lot of catching up to do, and now we're mid-April. Let's talk a little. One of my favorite topics is impressive performance of the week. Which player balled out this week and deserves a shout-out, Doc? So for me, it's going to be Nikola Jokic. Uh, I think he is now the favorite to win the MVP, barring injury. Uh, his last five, his last four games, 14-7-7, 17-9-16, 27-8-8, 25, 9, and 10. Eight, the Nuggets are 8 and 2 in their last 10 games. They're creeping up the West Western Conference standings. And this has been with Jamal Murray missing the last three games due to injury. He's kind of put the team on his back like Greg Jennings did. So shout out Nikola Jokic. And Aaron Gordon looking like a good role player finally gets to be do the backseat role and, play, and kind of be just like a, a defensive, you know, an all around player. And he, look, he seems like a good him. fit. He's, he's he's playing real efficiently in that role. I really like yeah. what Denver. Yeah, he's not like. he's not stat stuffing, but he's playing winning basketball, and you gotta yeah. love that. And for him to play well with Jokic, uh, it's a good. And they play with Porter. I mean, they got length. They they, they made a big move in this trade deadline. He's a prime example of somebody who, when they go to a better team, they get better because they're not taking terrible shots. Like that's Aaron Gordon. It's that he's like the perfect mold for for Denver. And you got to like that. He, he chose the number 50 because he's got the most 50s in an NBA dunk contest, even though he didn't win yeah. one. That's, he's got to get over that. I see Doc, you no, shake he your doesn't. head. No, he doesn't. He got That's what he said. Twice. He said that. No, he has the most 50s No, no, I, total. I'm, saying, I'm, I'm saying, like, he has gotten the most 50 totals. He doesn't need to get over the fact because he got robbed in the dunk contest twice. Okay, okay. Yeah, no. That's, that's what I'm saying. He needs to You can make a good it. case with that. It's a dunk contest. It doesn't matter. Let's go win a championship. <laughs> it's hardware. As someone it, that collects trophies, yeah. it is very important. Oh God, I hate I hate <laughs> just giving everyone awards, but that that should have been a tie between him and um, Derek Jones Jr. I mean, they, they 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 both didn't skip a beat, and I never seen that before. But we'll move on, Kevin. Who you got for performance of the week? Look like you you might have had Jokic on your list too. Uh, no, well, I said yes because I said he was going to win MVP, so I actually okay. I'm, I'm I'm smarter than you. Uh, but I'm going to say Jason Tatum. <laughs> so Jason Tatum. Uh, you know, he's kind of – that Celtics team's really struggling. But, you know, he dropped 53 last night uh, and against Minnesota, but we won't talk about who the opponent was. But he had 25 against New York, 20. Uh, they're, you know, they're 4-1 and one the last five games that they played. I think he's trying to get him back. If, if anybody's going to do it, it's going to be Tatum because I think Tatum's their best player. Uh, but he's played well. I think that they kind of put him on the back. He shot 64% last night, 6-3, 60%. So he, he's playing really well. I wanted to give him a shout-out. Yeah, he had and he had 18 in the fourth in overtime. But yeah, of course they were playing two. He's the youngest Celtic to uh, score 53. He'd be breaking Larry Bird's record. So 
he was on my list. Uh, Brad, who you got before I go? So is this award for the person who had the best performance all week or the best performance I saw last I, week? I think you can kind of take it for what you want here. Cause we've, we've talked right. about performances throughout the week or we just it literally, you mentioned um, Anthony Edwards when he had, had 40. So that's true. It, it well, comes I'm, and goes. I'm about to do it again. So Chris Boucher, this man played 36 minutes against Chicago, 38 points, 19 boards. This is from a six man. We're he's talking team, about he's like, team all kill Gore, by the way. He's he is, he all is kill team Gore. all kill Gore. All kill like, Gore front court. Uh, Chris yeah. Boucher and Andre Drummond <laughs> for sure. With, with Kelly right. Oubre. With Kelly Oubre. That's a hell of a team. That's a hell of a team right uh, there. I quit. But yeah, man, he's he's the reason that he's the reason that you know Masai Ujiri wasn't willing to to give him up. You know, he's there's nobody that you can trade for besides like the ultra superstars that are going to be, you know, what this guy's ceiling could potentially be. This is a, I don't, I'm not saying he can do 40 and 20 every night, but he can, he can do it some nights. And if he can do it some nights, that's like a, that's a 20 and 10 guy on the regular and you don't just give those up. So I really like, I really like Chris Boucher's performance. I want him to get more minutes, stop fouling so much, but he's young. He's got a lot of, he's got a lot of goodness ahead of him. Yeah. And um, he's, he, he's seen his minutes go up and, and down this season, but when he when he's hot and he's playing well, he definitely is a stat stuffer. Yeah. For me, my guy is, and they just played last night in a very, very impressive win, and that's Zion Williamson. He, he had yeah, 37, man. 15, and guess what? Eight dimes. He's now a playmaker. They're putting the ball in his hands, and he's he's making plays. Against, and this is against the beat. And yeah. beating the Sixers who are fighting for that one seed. So this kid is so, so very special. And, hey, he probably is going to come up in that uh, top 10 players uh, under 25 list coming coming forward. We'll see where we kind of rank him. But I'm just so very impressed with him. I don't know how many games he's missed this year. I, don't, I think it's only uh, you can have it on one no, hand. He's he's no, played he like, like every game. Off. No, no. Oh. He took like a week off this past, like maybe like two weeks ago. But, yeah, um, but I, I don't know if it's it's more than five on a season. You know, we right. all question his dur- durability, and, and he's te- he's stepped up big time as far as that's concerned. Yeah, yeah. All right, talking a little bit more college hoops. So, in future NBA pros, which NBA prospect made the biggest jump on draft boards in your eyes this NCAA tournament? I'm going to lean on my coach's corner prospect specialist, Coach Kev, on this one to start things off. Yeah, no, I think uh, so for me, I think Evan Mobley kind of did well for himself. I think he put himself in the top three. Uh, I, I think that he he played well enough. He's got the sure frame. Did. I think he has uh, he, he got USC to the lead eight. I think that they looked at him and he's got a different type of skill set. I could see the Pistons drafting him early um, and pairing him there. I, I think that he's going to find himself in the top three. I mean, if not three, he'll be four, but I think that he did enough for his draft stock, and I think that they can look at his size and think, ah, that'll be all right. We can work with him. I love that he's kind of worked on his outside shot and shooting. Mobley's one of my guys. I think that he's good. I think I mocked him at two, and I got ripped for it, but I don't care because Mobley, I think, has a skill set that not a lot of other guys in this draft have. Uh, so I, I like Mobley. I think that I think that he did a lot for himself. Yeah, he could go as high as two for sure. Um, and I think he's solidified uh, for sure top five. But, yeah, probably a top three, really, yeah. if I'm looking at it. I don't see him going lower than that. Uh, Brad, who, who who you got your eyes on? Who's your guy? Yeah, man, I'm going to go back to my, my comment on the tournament to begin with. And it was that, like, I 
I didn't see a lot of NBA talent on the floor. And the NBA talent I did see, I already knew they were good. And I knew they were prospects. But I, I, my eyes didn't pop out. I wasn't like, wow, this, this kid's amazing. This kid's going to lead a team someday. So I'm going to go with Jalen Green in the in the G League. Um, <laughs> after watching the tournament, all I look at Jalen Green and I'm like, this wow, guy just there. thinks differently. Brad goes, but listen, I asked him an out. NCAA prospect, but he goes, you know what? Nobody. I'm going to go with the listen, G League guy. I love it. Is, I love Jalen Green. Is, He's my guy. <laughs> I would rather draft a young, a college kid who's playing pro ball against pro talent with with pro direction than draft some college kid that I'm not completely sold on who didn't like wow me in the tournament. Like I, at the end of the day, I, I want to go with a sure thing in the draft. So I think Jalen Green, like he had an incredible G League, and I just I really want to see what he he's definitely probably going to be a top three pick. So yeah. nobody played better in the tournament than Jalen Green did in the pros. So I, I like Jalen Green. I don't know if he's a solidified top three. I know he's definitely top five, but I mean, we're Stop picking it. hairs there. We're picking he's hairs there. I mean, I don't, did you guys solidified. see what, what, what Jalen, the other Jalen was doing? Jalen Suggs, that's my boy. Um, yeah. Against college uh, talent. Yeah, you're right. College the, talent. Exactly. The yeah, answer he's a, here. He's a, he's a college player. He should be playing against college talent. But the, Jalen Green's playing against pros. He's playing against boys. Play. Man, man. Men, out there. Grown men trying to hey. eat. Jalen Suggs wanted one year of a college education. Don't hate on yeah. him. <laughs> yeah, right. Hey, they, well, the answer to the like the question that was asked, it, <laughs> is, it is Davion Mitchell. This is Donovan Mitchell's little bro. They both yep. wear uh, forty-five. I didn't um, know that. They, yeah, yeah, yeah. They and they. I mean, now saying that doesn't it, it definitely it rings does. a bell? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, this shifty. It, Nasty crossover, curl, spin move, point guard, bully. Um, he's climbed from the second round to late first, and now uh, the ESPN guys, Schmitz and Javoni, got him as high as seven in their latest mock draft. So this kid averaged uh, 14, three, and 5.5 assists, 41%, sh- 51% shooting, um, and he imposes will on every single game in NCAA tournament. He's a 6'2", 205 um, junior, and he's NBA-ready Right now, nobody nobody climbed up the charts uh, more than this kid. Um, you could you could give a, a, a slight nod to his backcourt teammate, and that's Jared Butler, who's now going 23. Uh, he could have came out last year and kind of been like an early second round, late first round pick, but he solidified himself with 22 points and seven in the championship game. So the backcourt bullies of uh, Baylor are uh, the guys that climbed up the, ch- the charts the most. And, uh, are, you gonna, Doc, are you not going to say Johnny Juzang? I don't know if people knew who he was before the tournament. I, I, mean, I definitely didn't. Yeah, he transferred he, from Kentucky. But exactly. Yeah, he on the floor. And, and, and think about this. Like, this was probably his only chance to get on the radar. Like, it would be so smart if he actually <laughs> went out this year. Even if he was a second-round pick, this probably as high as a prospect pedigree as he's going to have. Is um, he on the he, boards? He, I don't know. He averaged. I was I was reading that he's now like considered a mid second round pick. But once again, so he's got to stay then. So now he's on the radar. Have another year like this next year. You're a first round pick. No, because I think it's recency bias. Like I think of the Shabazz Napier effect. Shabazz Napier would have not been a first round pick had UConn not won at all. Had LeBron not tweeted. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I mean, LeBron did tweet that as well. But like, you are in the the eye of scouts with the, the recency bias because they made it to the sure. final four, almost to the championship game. 
If you don't have if he has good individual stats next year, but the team doesn't do well, he won't get the mm-hmm. media coverage that he did this year, especially if he That's cuts true. his hair. He, I don't he, know he, that <laughs> if he cuts his hair. <laughs> but I don't know that um I don't know that NBA scouts are worried about like media coverage more so than they're just looking at players on their radar and, and scouting them. He it's funny that when you were talking, he reminds me of uh, you know, the late uh Tyler Honeycutt for UCLA. And it's kind of like that that bigger mm. wing that, that can can That's three and D or a little yeah. bit. And I haven't um, heard that name in a while. Uh, yeah. Me neither. <laughs> RIP. Yeah, the RIP at us, an unfortunate situation. Um, uh, I think one last name that should get mentioned is Cam Thomas. He went from late first round. To, right now he's at 13. He had 27, and he had 30 in the game that they lost. Uh, Cam Thomas is a bucket getter supreme, probably the best you know, one-on-one. I, I can go get you a buck, di- difficult basket maker in this draft. All right, moving back on to our fantasy talk, and that's NBA fantasy playoffs right around the corner. Who is the second half of the season pickup that solidified a starter on potential championship teams? Brad? Yeah, I'm going to go with my guy, my my guy, Diet Chris Paul, man. I, I've been telling people to go get go get <laughs> Who, themselves. Nine steals? Some, Mr. Nine yeah, steals? <laughs> Mr. Nine steals himself. I'm telling them to go get some, some McConnell. And uh, he's been getting the minutes with, with Brogdon out lately and, and Sabonis out lately. Now they're both back, but... He played so well that he's still getting starters minutes and he's still contributing. He's going to get you assists. He's going to get you steals. He's going to get you low points. If anybody's hurt on the on the uh, backcourt on Indiana, he's going to be starting and he can get you, you know, double doubles with ease. Like the nobody he's, plays harder than that kid. Nobody. Play. All he needs is a shot to start somewhere and he's going to be starting for the rest of his life. Like he's he's just a very, very good player. Both in fantasy terms and in real life, like I'm, I'm I tend to believe he's just a, a a great backup point guard in the top five, probably backup yep. point guard in the league. He's not a starter, but um, I mean, I I love everything that you were saying and everything about his game. Kevin, who do you got? Who was the second half pickup? Yeah, you know, I, I traded for him. Uh, Doc helped me out with that. Marcus Smart has been balling. He just scored 42 points for me last night in my fantasy yeah. league. He's pretty yeah. average. You know, you're looking at what he does. He does everything. You know, he's that guy that has six rebounds, eight assists, those type of guys. Um, so I think if, as far as it goes, he averages. As long as you pick the right game, if you're on sleeper, those type of things, you can get him from 25 to 40. He's a good filler, flex guy, especially if you have a deeper roster. So I like Marcus Smart, what he's done for me. Even Dylan Brooks for me. Um, I have a, I've had a terrible fantasy year. I've lost like everybody. I got Towns, Shy, uh, all these guys. I had CJ I had CJ McCollum. I had all these dudes out here, and it just completely destroyed me. But Kevin, I mean, do you Nate. need a hug? Do you need a hug? I finished eight and eight. All right, even though that I didn't, that I, did, I lost all my dudes, Towns, and all those guys. I finished eight and eight. But I would Here's say a that Chipotle napkin to wipe your tears. Yeah, yeah, kiss my ass. All right, but I would say, Marcus. <laughs> no free ads, man. No free ads. Don't don't Uh-oh. don't brand the napkin. <laughs> oh, you're right. Yeah. What, so I would say that Marcus Smart. That's my that's my guy. All right. Uh, and who you got, Doc? Uh, I got Karis LeVert. And talk about someone that oh, actually yeah. a second half because he didn't play in the first half. Glad that his health is in check. That's the number one thing. Um, he's been averaging close to 20 a game since he's been back. He's providing a lot of steals. Uh, we play in a head-to-head category, so that's kind of what I base my scoring off of. But he's playing over 30 minutes most nights. And that's really what you like to see from someone that had a, a huge health scare. And obviously he needed a little bit of conditioning, but within a month or so, he's playing 30 minutes, you know, three or four nights a week. 
Shout out Karis LeVert. Absolutely. Um, and you know, we were all pulling for him. I picked up De- uh, Dylan Brooks as well. And um, he's just, he scores a lot. He scores a lot of points and um, he, he is productive fantasy player, but my guy, and th- this guy was maybe the, the biggest shocker. And we've talked about this kid before and how talented he is. And that's Kevin Porter Jr. Uh, he, he's averaging 15, four and six on the season. And those rebounds and assists have been rising. He's found a home in Houston and hasn't looked back on the opportunity I mean, he's he's he turned into like a he turned into a point guard overnight. So, say, Mr. Mr. Don't touch my locker. Don't touch it, right? Or send me away. Um, so he, he's he's found a home there in Houston, and um, you know, I'm really I'm really pulling for that kid. Uh, he's he's really got a smooth game, and uh, another Houston guy Houston guy is Kelly Olynyk. Yeah, he he, dude, how does he get so <laughs> many steals? Because he's a good player, man. He's just got the basketball IQ. Like, he knows the plays. He knows where people are going. He knows motion. Like, dude, I'm actually a little surprised Miami got rid of him just because he's, like, a perfect fit for their their system. Well, they're part – I mean, they got Oladipo. I mean, that was a a no-brainer trade. They did. Like – But I would have tried to send somebody else away. I would have tried to give up, like, Kendrick Nunn or something. Like, he's, (laughs) he's like, a legitimate, like, playoff piece, you know? I'd I'd rather have – I'd rather have done to like kind of maneuver around but, going forward on that but contract, none, but but none didn't even play in the playoffs last year. Like it's well, uh, he had he had he had the vid, he had COVID, he, and, and no, he came back, he, and, and Drogic yeah. was leading the team in scoring, so it was hard for him to to kind of get hurt. his footing. Drogic got hurt in the finals. That's what I'm saying. Leading and, and they could have played, and they could have played none, and they didn't. Like they. And and none had a great regular season. Like they just don't give him playoff minutes, but they do give a Linux playoff minutes. Well, so when he know. when he came back in the bubble, he was super sporadic. He was not in a group. He was. And, he and was. It was just it, it was noticeable that the COVID really affected his play. Uh, two uh, two you other guys. I'm, now, two other guys that I'm just gonna mention on the way out. Jakob uh, Portal and Moses Brown are rebounding and block machines. I mean, I picked those Moses guys up. Brown. And I'm winning rebounds and block. I hadn't won rebounding blocks in this category league that we're all in until I picked both of these guys up um, within the last two months. And it's like it changed my whole landscape with my team. So those guys are um, certified. They're top when, 10 in both categories. Coach, when Moses Brown gets uh, starters minutes, like he had, like when Horford's out. Horford's like out for legit. the year. Shea's yeah. out for the year. That's why OKC is a good destination he's a for legit, pickups. Like, he's a legit 20 and 10 guy when he's on. It's kind of weird to watch. I didn't know his name before this season i did because he played with cole anthony in high school and i remember oh, them okay yeah in new york before cole anthony went to oak hill but that was that was years ago but he was a very very raw big man and this guy they got they got him on a beautiful contract i think it's like a two three year deal with like six million and he's they got Dort on that stupid contract so i'm telling you he's the next christian wood man moses brown you, <laughs> right, gonna, I'm, I'm serious he's gonna do he's gonna do like two Jeez. years in okc and then he's gonna get paid just like christian uh, wood did I don't see that. Wood is dynamic. So is Moses Brown. <laughs> I, tell you, man. I, I think he's getting like 10 games he's playing him. on a terrible team. I don't see. So him is Christian that. Wood. <laughs> yeah, but he's but he's you guys are, cool. You guys are simps. I don't know, Chris. <laughs> I'm a Moses Brown simp. I wouldn't even say yeah. he's di- he's di- he's diet wood as you uh as, <laughs> to quote your term. No, no, he's not diet wood. They have completely different <laughs> games, but he, he's, he's gonna be Andre Drummond. <laughs> No, no, no. He's going to do numbers and he's going to get paid. All right. Moving on. We'll talk about some teams that suck to a team that has championship aspirations, and that's the Lakers. They frankly suck without AD and LeBron, although they've gotten a couple wins here. 
in the 10 games that have been out. Do you think being a low-end seed at the end of this will hold them back from a championship run? We'll start with Brad on this. Um, I wasn't paying attention, so start with somebody else. All right, we'll start with Kev on this. Uh, I mean, I don't think it really matters because they're at five seed right now. If they get talent, I mean, if they can get in, they'll be fine. I, I think no one really – they uh, the worst possible explanation thing that could happen in the NBA is if the Lakers end up playing the Clippers in the first round. That shit's going to be hilarious because it's going to just destroy ratings and all that kind of stuff. Um, but I think that – I think they're fine. As long as they're healthy, they have a shot, no matter if they're in. It just doesn't matter. It just As long as they get in, it doesn't matter. Doc? Yeah, I, I think that's the big thing is their health because they did, technically didn't have home court advantage being in the bubble last year, and they were the number one seed in the West. So even though you know they had more of that home crowd noise, they actually didn't have the, the other teams having to travel for them. But I, I think the bigger impact is they're probably going to have a tougher stretch. So like right now they'd have to play Denver in the first round, then they'd have to play Utah in the second round, and then probably Phoenix or the Clippers, which is a much tougher – uh, stretch than they had last year and assuming that AD and LeBron are both ready to play 30 to 40 minutes a night I think that's the biggest factor of whether they're going to be able to repeat I think they want that path I want I think they want to I don't think four, they five, do. I don't, and I think they want I, Utah they I want all the smoke how, I can't think of how many teams with vets like that want the toughest matchups possible as good as as good as all NBA Gobert and all NBA Jokic are, AD owns that matchup, and we saw what what happened when Denver played the Lakers last year. It was a five game sweep, um, and and we they they're not scared of uh, a Gobert or Utah, and they've made that clear. I mean, we 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 heard the shade. I was like, I never picked Utah on two K, and um, I think they I think that's the path that they want for me. Um, the Lakers are uh, the Clippers are here and sneakily better than last year, adding Rondo Ibaka as closing players to their lineup. But LeBron's cryptic tweet on a picture of him and AD saying, the weatherman says the weather is changing soon and predicts a thunderstorm is coming. Folks prepared to take the proper caution measures to stay safe. I think they're gearing up to come back in the next two weeks. And I think Nobody, they're more uh, comfortable in that 4-5 or five matchup, as I said. I think the Clippers are the biggest threat to beat um, the Lakers because of uh, how they match up. And I and I think that they're gearing up for uh, uh, a possible Western Conference Finals, but of course, all these teams are very good. I Brad. I honestly, I honestly don't think the Lakers have any competition to to beat them in the West. Like besides I, themselves and injuries, exactly. Like if if LeBron yeah. and AD are healthy, there's not a matchup in the world that can push them. Maybe you can push them to seven. Maybe Denver can. And, and then you got Gordon. Game Seven, James, who hasn't lost yeah, Game exactly. Seven since the Celtics, and I think like it was two thousand and eight. It's really not, and and you add Andre Drummond to the mix, like it's really just not a competition. If the Lakers are healthy, the Lakers are going to come out of the West. I don't care about the Clippers. I don't care about you know Aaron Gordon on Denver. That's he. He's not a LeBron stopper. There is no LeBron stopper. He can guard LeBron, maybe make him have a bad game or two, but then you got to deal with Anthony Davis. Like it's just. They have too much firepower between Gasol, Drummond on the bench. Like, it's just the Lakers are going to be fine as long as they're healthy. So I, I, hate, I hate this reasoning from Brad if they're healthy. That's not – that's such a – it's not a black and white statement. Like, he, 
they're going to lose and Brad's going to be like, oh, they weren't healthy and he's going to be uh, coming out with no, no, no. With that cash. It's black. It's very after black the, and after white. After the finals loss to the Warriors. No, no, no. Oh, no. they weren't healthy this entire time. If they're if they're playing, they're healthy. That's okay. all I mean. It's very all black right. and white. If if all Anthony right. did, I don't mean if they're like 100%. Nobody's 100%. If they're if they're on the court, if they're playing, that means they're healthy. So okay. if, if they're on the court, they're going to be in the in the championship. The only reason the the only reason the Clippers scared me a little bit is because of Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, you know, Batum, some bodies you can you can put you, you can put <laughs> out there. But, yeah, but Kawhi is one of the best uh, playoff players that we yeah. have, and then you got Ibaka on on AD, so and then LeBron. Rondo, and Rondo's one of the smartest players that we've ever seen in the NBA. He knows the ins and outs of the Lakers. I'm not too too scared of them, but I say if any team maybe um, get, yeah. gives them a fight, I'm I, not saying that's the I'm not team saying I'm looking they're. At. I'm not saying the Lakers are going to sweep them, but like maybe they'll push them to six or seven. But the Lakers are the better, the best team in the West. Until Paul down. George can hit a game winner, not in a commercial, I'm yeah. not saying <laughs> Paul George. That's, That's hilarious. <laughs> All right, and I think this 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 subject coming here is going to get a little spicy. ESPN dropped their top ten players under 25, and well, wow. it's a list, right? Let's debate. So based on future percent potential, they came up with this. Luka Doncic's one, Zion Williamson two, Lamelo Ball three. Yeah. The graphic, yeah, Doc's favorite. <laughs> Donovan Mitchell four, Jason Tatum five, De'Aaron Fox six, Ben Simmons seven, Devin Booker eight, Bam out of the Bayou and a Bayou <laughs> nine. I out just love, I love Perk, man, I love Perk. And and ten, Shea Gilgis Alexander. So. I guess my question that I'm going to pose is our thoughts, who is too low, who is too high, and we're going to start with Doc on this. All right. Uh, I, I'm just curious. Is this our last uh, segment of the show? I want to know how long we can go on this. We we got a, we got a baby take on Roy Williams. It's a, po- it's a podcast, man. A we can go over longer. We can do whatever you want. Yeah, not, we're, okay, going, we're going over okay, today. Okay. Uh, I, I think Luca is fair to be at one. Luca is a oh. great playmaker. All right. I, I know Kevin doesn't agree with that. My big issue is LaMelo Ball at three. That is crazy. He has played half a season because he's been hurt with a fractured wrist. And you're ready to say he's ahead of Donovan Mitchell, Jason Tatum, De'Aaron Fox, Ben Simmons. That is absolutely crazy. And he was streaking for part of it. He's 19. But are you going to judge half a season of performance? I like seeing a larger – It is potential. It's about potential. He's 19 and he's – not only was he going to run away with rookie of the year, he looked like he could start on anybody's team. Like he looked so, like an so, all star. So, so he's got is, the Hornets is, winning too. This 16, is what, six and six. He turned the is, Hornets into a playoff team. This is this is what bothers me. I mean, okay, the after the sixth seed, the seventh, eighth, and rest are under five hundred. Playoff in the East doesn't matter to me. And Gordon is, Hayward is playing pretty good. Let's not yeah. just throw and Malik Monk and your boy and, Devontae Graham Brad. And Terry Rozier is having but this a is, career but year. This, but this is what bothers me. And and I'm gonna use a baseball analogy. Fernando Tatis Jr. got paid one of the largest contracts in baseball history without even playing a full 162 games. And he suffered a, and he suffered a major injury. But even before that, he wasn't performing to his expectations. Now, granted, it was five games to begin the season, but I don't think you can judge someone off of half a season and saying that their potential is better than people that have shown this in the league. People are going to adjust your playing style. The East is a weak conference. 
Charlotte isn't a bad team. I'm not saying LaBella Ball shouldn't be in the top 10, but number three is absolutely crazy to me. I thought you were just going to go. He's not a top 10. He's just not top 10. No, just no, say it, on, man. You on. hate him. Come on. Just, come just on. make that I, I, statement. I, I, I'm, I'm, all right. I'm a LaMelo Ball hater, but he deserves to be top 10. He probably in the 7-8. So. All right. And so you didn't have Luke. You, did you say you did not have Luke at number one or you do have Luke at number one? I do have Luke at number one. Yeah. I, and I think this it's bona fide. Easy. No, no. Go to Kevin. There. Kevin doesn't think so. Kevin he's running away. He's so. running away with that. Number one, I, I think you'd be crazy to think that it's anything other than him since, he, like, literally at this point in his career, he's got better numbers than what LeBron James was doing uh, in year three. And we saw we saw that he's got it in, in the playoffs. He, they had to step on his ankle. He was about to take down the, the Clippers. I just love his potential. And the, the Mavs suck outside of him in Porzingis, and they are rolling right now. But I know hey, that uh, – I will not tolerate any Tim Hardaway Jr. slander on this pod. He's all right. He's all right. <laughs> Kevin's take, which uh, yeah, yeah, let's go. You, you don't all, have Luca, right? You don't. It's it's not a hot take. Ben Simmons at seven is mad disrespectful. Like that shit is. You guys, whoever did this list, needs to go away. Because I, how can he be at seven? If you argue him too, okay, uh, that's fine. Like Luca is Luca. I understand that. I would have Simmons at one, but Luca would be two for me. So they're very close. It's one A, one B. Ben Simmons does it all. Even if you're looking at this year, he's got to be defensive player of the year. He's he he's one of the most versatile players on the court. He's led that team when Embiid was out. He can do he has his net ratings of 14, deflections, all his points. I know he doesn't put up the stats that everybody likes, but 15, 7, and 7. But what he brings to the team and to the court, he's a bona fide superstar. So where I, is he on your list? Is he three? Is he better than Donovan Mitchell and Jason Tatum? Yes. Hell yes, he's better than those two guys. Like, what do you what do you get Donovan Mitchell out of this list? I, I would have LaMelo over Donovan Mitchell. Oh, but anyway, Kevin, let's, Kevin let, breaking news. You're removed from I can't. I can't. Oh, I love me God. some Ben Simmons. He, he got no, nothing. No, no, no. Donovan, Donovan Mitchell is get out of here. Ben you're Simmons. Saying, no, no, no. I'm saying I'm drawing the line when you're saying you take Lamelo Ball over Donovan. Kevin, <laughs> oh, that's what, a hot take. What black have you put in your coffee? I'm just at not. 05 on the West Coast. It's early over here. Got, I know you got stuff to do. I know you got a dad duties. I know you got to build a fence today. I got to build a fence later. Well, what this... did you put in your coffee? Oh my gosh, that's just an insane take. I would take Lamelo Ball to start a team before Donovan Mitchell. And that's, why, and that's why you're a Kings Easily. fan, because you no, make bad decisions. get the hell out of here. LaMelo actually didn't play that bad. But I would say, anyway, Simmons should be number one on this list. He should oh! be number one on this list. Ben Twitter's Simmons, for you, I don't give Twitter a shit. No, ben Simmons you. is a guy that I build my team around. I will take Ben Simmons every day. Luca is my 1B. He's right there. Fine, that's fine. But I think Ben is a better player to build your team around. He averages 15 points a game. Okay, get out of here with that. I just said that the, the raw stats is not going to show just saying, what a player is. Get, get out of here, coach. 15 is 15. You're a J- coach. You Jason should know Tatum. better. All right, as a coach, Jason Tatum has led his team to the Eastern Conference Finals two times, being the best player on his team in the Eastern Conference Finals. I mean, he, he took LeBron to the brink. They were up 3-2. And he it's, was – he dunked – he gammed on the king. Like, you can't take that away. He finishes games. You can't put the ball in Ben Simmons' hands and be like, all right, go go win us the game because okay. they're going to give him 90 feet um, and him shoot a, a three, and you got nothing. We see what that that does for Giannis, and Giannis is, uh, produces at a times two clip to him. So Ben Simmons being number one is just absurd. I love, love Ben Simmons, but I can't put him over Donovan Mitchell or, or Jason Tatum. 
Uh, he's he's oh, sitting more in that. Yeah. This is my last show. If you have Donovan Mitchell over Ben Simmons, I just can't do this anymore. I quit. This is insane to me. He dropped I, 57 in a playoff game. 57 in a playoff game. Stop Donovan giving me Mitchell raw stats. Get out of He's, here with raw It's 57. Stats. What do you want me to do with it? So a Booker dropped 81. You can have Booker over him? Yeah, but in a in a, in a game that didn't oh, matter. And they got blew out by the Spurs. The uh, other one actually mattered. It was in the playoffs. We, ben Simmons got hurt. Didn't even play in the playoffs last year. Oh, that's his fault? Like, hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. What wait, is, wait. Durability did not is drop 81. Fault. Be durable. Booker did not drop 81. He dropped 72. Yeah, we know what he meant. Yeah, you're Whatever. right. You're right. Yeah, yeah, shut up. I don't you're frozen. It was a lot. But here, Seven. all I gotta say here is Ben Simmons is <laughs> should be one on this list. I would build my team around Ben Simmons and even Luca, but having him under Donovan and, and Tatum is just absurd to me as a basketball fan, coach, life, everything. Go ahead, Brad. So, you can you can kind of finish this off. Uh, Tatum locks up too. He's the he's the defensive anger. He he voices. I guess I'm gonna bounce back. We got we got technical difficulties all around the list. Um, I think uh, Bam out of Bayou is a little low here at nine. I mean, he was the best player on that Miami Heat team going into the finals. Uh, every year he improves. This year he took his free throw percentage from 69 to 81. In the year before he took his assist total from two to five. So you can see him improving. He loves and eats the game. Bloods sweat tears and kev you'll like this he plays defense he's one of the best defenders in the league he can guard one through five so i'm curious to see if you thought bam was a, a little low on this list yeah i mean whatever i don't i'm not a huge bam guy i think he's okay uh but again I, I, okay i'm not done with this ben simmons is the best defender on this list like you just said that defense he's a defender uh, hey, he's as good he should be ranked up if ben simmons is the Leading NBA defensive player of the year, he should be higher, right? Impromptu, impromptu question of the week. The 76ers are down by two. Ben Simmons has an open three with five seconds left, and there's a teammate that's open. Does Ben Simmons shoot that three or not? Ben Simmons will make the right basketball play. And if he oh doesn't shoot gosh, it, that is, and if he that does is, shoot it, that is such then he's a gonna make it. You know why? Because he's a gamer. No, that he's a basketball a player. He's a gamer. Answer. I'm asking if he's shooting the ball. Is he going to shoot it? Yes or no? He will make the best okay. play. I'm back. I'm back. I'm back. Oh, never mind. On a hey, on another note about about Ben Simmons, and I, again, I love Ben Simmons, but we're, this is talking. This is based on future potential. And if you look, not even at his, if you look at his numbers since his rookie season, they haven't changed. He's averaged 16 points a game his career. And, you know, he'll give you eight rebounds and eight assists, but there's no progression here. And and I think that that is something to worry about as far as is he potentially going to take a huge leap in year, year, year five and six? You know, I think he can get better. I think he can shoot the three better. But at this point, you know, I, I don't see him as a top 10 player in the NBA. I see him as a top 20 player in the league, and I don't really see him creeping into the, to the 10, if not maybe 10. Oh. Um, Tatum, I'll take Tatum. Uh, somebody who hasn't been mentioned, D. Book, uh, Devin Booker. He he's he's a stud. He's at eight. Um, it's tough. It's tough to put put Ben Simmons uh, in in a top five, uh, let alone a number one category. Uh, I think that there 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 is an argument here though for uh, Luca and Zion. I'm curious to see if anybody has Zion over Luca. For me, it's clear cut. Luca Doncic is the best player under 25 in the world. Does anybody got Zion? Nope. No. 
anybody got guys that weren't on this list? Because we have Shea Gilgis Alexander at the end of this list. Darian Fox is number six, which is a little high for me. I know, I know Coach Kev's going to come for me for De'Aaron Fox slander, nah, but he probably's not even six on his list. No, nah, that's pretty that's, – that's about fair. I think he's a little lower than that. But, no, that, the only thing is, is when you're looking at this list, like Booker's okay. But, again, when I'm looking at these guys, overall basketball players, some of these guys are just one-dimensional basketball players. Like when I'm looking at Mitchell and Booker and these One-dimensional? They do everything. Okay. I they can't, can pass, I, shoot the three off the dribble – we saw Donovan Mitchell just make a, a three-pointer at, at the buzzer, man. The kids, who is who is Donovan Mitchell? Okay, so let's say we're in a playoff series. Doc likes these hypotheticals. Who the hell is Donovan Mitchell going to guard? Who is Luka Doncic going to guard? Because Luka can't guard no one. Like, Luka is not guarding anybody on that court. He is not I mean, a good are you, are you going to give holds me his own. team you're playing? Okay, the Clippers. Who is he going to guard? Besides playoff P, who's terrible. But who are they going to guard here? Like who are these He can guard anybody because he's 6'8", and no, he's a smart defensive Pat, player. guard Rondo. But he are they can't at, stay in front of those guys. He are they attacking have, Luka game to game and and, and yes. having somebody beat him? They attack no. him all the time. They hide him on their roster. You'll see it on their game plan. They they hide Luka around the court. Give me a guy that is a better basketball player. This is insane to me. I Give me 30, 10, and 10. And, guy, and a guy that's clutch, who has a clutch. You've mentioned before he's got a clutching. He'll step back <laughs> three three point in the game, and that's something Ben Simmons only does in his dreams. Okay, get over the shooting threes thing. I, to me, I mean, Ben right, doesn't have a Technical game, difficulties. game winner on his, on his record. Technical difficulties are done. Papa's here. He'll give you all the correct <laughs> Kevin was right. Thank you. Number one is Doncic. Number two is Ben Simmons. Are you guys ridiculous? He's the only one on this list that can play defense. Number three, we're going to go with Devin Booker. Number four. Jason Tatum, number five, Bam Adebayo. That is the correct top five. Bam, I'm just I'm don't okay like Mitchell. Lamelo's not in it. Lamelo's great. Lamelo's great, and he's only 19, but he's not better than any of those five guys. I might Thank take Lamelo over Zion, though. That's that's probably how I would do it if oh, I, if I had I a splash. I think Zion's way too high. I can't count on him to be, you know, there over 82 games. But when he's there, he's a beast. But 36. Sure, 16 but and 8 but last night against Embiid. Wait sure, till Zion's metabolism slows down. I do that with Andre Drummond. You guys say they're empty stats. Like, his team does not win. He drops it 8 assists. But, but he plays defense. Zion doesn't really play defense like that. He's not stopping people. He's getting boards because oh, he's athletic. I don't know how you can find a way to athletic. put Andre Drummond in here who just got cut by his last <laughs> No, 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 no. I'm not saying he's in here. I'm saying if you want to talk about empty stats, Andre Drummond, is he's got that tag of empty stats. Zion could be right there with providing empty stats because his team doesn't win. Like, yeah. these are all hey. great. These are all great numbers, and he's doing incredible things. He's on the highlight reels, but he doesn't do anything winning. Oh he, Kevin was just talking about, you know, with the – with the ball in his hands in the last second, who's going to hit the three? Is Ben Simmons going to shoot it? The answer is no, because Ben Simmons doesn't shoot threes. He plays defense. He shoots 60% from the field. He does all these other winning plays that other people don't do. And just because he doesn't shoot threes doesn't negate the fact that he can't be, you know, a top three, top 25 under 25 guy. Like, he's he doesn't shoot threes. That's okay. He's seven foot. He's got other skills and talents that can't be matched. This is incredible.
I mean, this listen, Ben Simmons incredible. is criminally Ben Simmons is criminally underrated on this list. It's actually it's let's actually get, let's get Wizards beat or let's get Wizards reporter Justin Kutcher on who thinks Ben Simmons is the most underrated or overrated player and have him debate Brad and Kevin. Uh, all day. All day. That's, I'll be there all day. I'll be there for four we're hours. I'll be there for four hours. That's that's ridiculous, man. Uh, ben Simmons. Ben Simmons is truly a freak of nature. Like there's Zion not, is a freak of nature. Zion he, can't. And he Zion shoots 65% from the field. So does Ben. Like Zion can't guard all five positions. And I'm not even sure he can guard the position he's in now. Like he's just not. He's he's a very dynamic player and he does things. He's got that football body that can jump out the gym and it's kind of wild. But I, I, I look at him. Luxury. To have I look at Joel Embiid on his team, and he had Jimmy oh Butler God. on his team, and they couldn't get it done. What are you so even being the third <laughs> worst <laughs> best player on his team, Zion. You, what do you you say? Ben Simmons can't get it done, and Zion hasn't made the playoffs yet. Zion doesn't even have a winning team. Ben yes, Simmons has got exactly. Deep in the playoffs. His team sucks. His team is bad. He's and got he's Brandon keeping them afloat. He's got two, there's two all stars on that team, and there's two all stars on the Philly team. Why Brandon is one Ingram of them, did not one of make an all star even... game. Hey, and the Sixers, the Sixers so they don't have two all stars. The Sixers can't shoot. No, didn't he make it last? Oh, all right. Well, he's he's always on the cusp of all star talent. And the Sixers should have won the most, title. Most improved player, whatever. If, he was. if it wasn't for Kawhi hitting that stupid corner three and then exactly. choking in the last two minutes, the Sixers would have won the title that year. This I, I not, firmly believe that. This is not about team success, and if it was, you can't put Zion. Because the Warriors got hurt. Yeah, they would have won the, the finals, but they lost. I mean, but we, they that's lost. The point. Like we can do that with every single. We can do that with every single team. Like there's always an if this happened, if that happened. We finally hands found down, our topic that would ruin us. Yeah, exactly. Right like hands down, if you're looking at a player's individual talent and what they can provide to any team, if you just drop these players on any team. You want Ben Simmons, no doubt. He just does everything. You can, you can, you can hide your deficiencies with Ben Simmons because he can guard every single position on the court. I think the biggest thing, if, if people are watching this, are going to come for us, is that we're all inconsistent. That Lamelo Ball at three is way too high, even though yeah. he does show super it's potential at three. We all got him at probably you know seven I or got below. Him, I got him six, seven, six, seven, eight. I, I had an argument with my buddy about this. He was like, I'd rather have uh, Melo than, than Mitchell and Tatum. And I, I was like, I mean, eh, yeah, I would rather have that's Mitchell. a good argument, but I'd rather have the guys that I, I can Not, trust. I wouldn't rather have him than Tatum, but I'd rather have him than Mitchell. Mitchell's the most overrated NBA player in, in the game right now. I don't know about that, Hi, but he's, he's, nice he's a little high. They have the number one, one, have the number one record in their in their conference, and he's the it's, best. He's by far the best player on that team. He's leading Mitch, Mitchell, Mitchell's in this top like, ten, but he's not better than Booker. He's not better than Simmons. He's not better than Tatum. He's not better than – On Luka. your list. He's not better than Bam. Uh, just definitively. Just Definitively the on the your list. No, no, no. Universal truth. The same way – no, no, this is not an opinion. The same way we breathe <laughs> It is an opinion. Mitchell is not better than any of the players just that I Just because you said it like, oh, he's better I'm than sorry. Buddy, it's, does it's not make truth. it a, a factual statement at all. I'm agreeing with Brad right Gravity. Now. Gravity. You are? All of these things. Me and Brad are lucky. Not only does Donovan Mitchell have the Jazz number one in the West, he has my fantasy team number one in the standings. Oh, Donovan Mitchell here. is a winner <laughs> in fantasy. Trey Trey Young is not on the list, by the way. I thought that was a notable uh, miss. Jalen Brown's not on the list, but uh, I think Trey Trey Young's probably the best player that's not there. Um, 
we can debate this for uh, probably uh, until the playoffs start, <laughs> starting now with no sleep. But we got to move on to our question of the week. Um, Roy Williams um, has the third most wins all time in NCAA history. He's retiring. He's leaving Hubert Davis in charge. Uh, three championships, all for Carolina. Of course, the, the Felton and, and, and May team, the Hansborough Lawson team, and the Justin Jackson team, uh, most recently in 2017 over uh, Gonzaga. Um, he started his career in, in Kansas, and he does nothing but win. He had a 7-7-4 winning percentage, winning 903 games in 264 losses in 33 years. We're here to talk about who was the greatest player Roy Williams ever coached um, in his Hall of Fame career. Shout out. Um, just a great man. Uh, coaching, but also a great man off the court and has provided mentorships to all his great players. Um, we're going to start with uh, Coach. Yeah, let's let Kev go first since he's got a bounce. That's yeah, what I was going to go with. You know, uh, it's hard for me because I'm a Duke fan, so I hate North Carolina. And I can't say Tyler Hansborough because uh, that guy just makes me want to cry. But I will say Sean May, um, to me, was one of the best players I saw him coach. Uh, you know, 15-10, he led him to their first championship. He killed it in that final four against Wisconsin or getting into Wisconsin there. You know, he had 26 and 10 against Illinois. That Illinois team was fun to watch. Yeah, uh, Williams yeah those boys. guys, those guys are really fun to watch. So I'm going to go with Sean May. I know Hansworth probably considered the best, but I love Sean May. And I know he had some Kansas players that were really good, but I went to my, my era of the woods. So Sean May is my guy. Yeah, he was dominant. He was like Lonnie Baxter from Maryland, but, but times too. And his father was a great Indiana player and, Unfortunately, Scott, uh, Scott, Sean May did not have a great NBA career, and I know it was injury riddled. But I mean, he is a college legend forever. So, yeah, nice pick there, Brad. Who you got? Yeah, I'd say the best the best college player would probably be Tyler Hansborough. I uh, that guy was the bane of my existence when I, you know, growing up a, a, a Maryland Psycho fan. T. Psycho T, man. I, I thought he was going to have a much better pro career than he did. But uh, in terms of the best pros, I don't know that Roy actually had a great, like, you know, pro coaching. Uh, uh, oh, he does. Does he? I, he I, does. I, like, to me, it was the best person I could think of was, like, Danny Green. or like He's been big in the news recently. Recently Paul got Pierce. fired. Uh, strippers. Paul Pierce was Kansas. Oh, he was at Kansas. Oh, wow. Yeah, he coached Paul okay. Pierce Paul at Pierce, Kansas, man. that's, the, and that's the best player that, that he's, he's answer, coached. Uh, career stats of 16-6-2, uh, and two, but as we know, finals MVP. Um, he just was a great, great Jayhawk. He's only lost 11 games in his um, yeah. three years that he spent there. Um, but you mentioned the other guy that really was the best player that, that – was underneath him during his time. And that was Tyler Hansborough, one player of the year. Um, his led his team to the championship. In 2008, he averaged 22.6, 10.2 in a 36-win team. Uh, it, he, and he, he capped it, put a cap, a feather on his cap for the, with, a, with a championship. What happened with him? Because I remember he was on Indiana and he just kind of like fizzled out. Like he was never really bad. Like what happened with Tyler? He, I remember vividly. He, he checked a D Wade. Like it was a nasty, uh, a, like kind of a assault when he was playing for the Pacers. And then like the next play, Udonis Haslam came for him heavy. And, um, I, I, 
I'm not going to say like that affected his his career overall. He was decent. I think that he just became a liability on defense because of his okay. slew footed nature. And and then the yeah. game change, you, you don't just throw it into the post and get you a bucket. So sure. I think that's where he fizzled out. But I don't know what he did after the NBA, but he seems like he would have been a, a really great Euro um, I was about career to say, player. I wonder if he's over there. Like he he could probably do numbers over there. We got to we got to Google that. Yeah. And. Doc, Doc, you got anybody else? I know that. They, I mean, he's had a lot of great no, players. You, uh, took, you took hands, bro, from me, and I think we were going to read from the same fan-sided article because I was going to draft the same stats <laughs> you were about his uh, stats on the 36-win team in 08. Um, I mean, he just ended his note with 18.7 rebounds to defeat Michigan State in 2009. Um, and it, it's interesting because a lot of times we don't see people stay in four years anymore. And, and uh, be just that dominant as a freshman all the way through and really exactly. not miss games. I mean, and, and the, the thing is, we're Maryland fans, so we don't have that same level of hatred for UNC that Duke fans do. Um, so, you know, we kind of just watch them beat up on each other. But, I mean, once again, he's kind of like that, the 2010s or the, the 2000s Christian Leitner, slow white guy that you hate, you root against, uh, great college player, not as uh, great pro. Yeah, so you got – so I think the second best is Rafe LaFrance. I mean, this guy had an incredible college career. You got Rafe LaFrance, Kurt Heinrich, Ty Lawson, McCants, uh, Drew Gooden, uh, Raymond Felton, Nick Collison, Harrison Barnes, um, Wayne Ellington, Joel Berry, John Henson, Marvin Shout Williams. Shout out like, Roy Williams for those boom. paper classes. Shout uh-huh. out Roy Williams. He is the man. And – Speaking of shout outs, I forgot about the paper classes. <laughs> <laughs> we want to yeah, give man, a took that it took that uh my first semester of college, man. So easy. We literally had to write one page. And here here at Triple Play, we we love Kansas. Um we get we get some of our oh. finest guests, including you know, Scott Pollard. Uh quick shout out to Danny Manning, the greatest Kansas Jayhawk of all time, former number one overall pick, will be joining us in a couple weeks. Look forward to that interview on a future pa- podcast. Tell the people you love them. Like always, stay safe. Continue to love the game of basketball like we do. And feel free to share with friends. Hit a subscribe and like button for the team. That's all we have for you. Tune in next week and next time for Triple Play Fantasy Basketball. See you guys. Peace.